Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is BP. Hi. Today we're playing Elevensies, the card game of morning tea. The designer was David Harding. Developers were Phil Walker Harding, who is actually the designer for Sushi Go, Sushi Go Party, Baron Park, Gizmos, Emotep, uh, Silver and Gold, Cacao, and a bunch of other things. The artist was TJ Lubrano. It was published in 2013 by Grail Games. Uh, or, or this version in 2023 was published by Grail Games. I didn't write down the publisher, but there was a first edition back in 2013. The description. You are a respectable 1920s socialite striving to serve the finest morning tea all around Britain. 11 in the morning is recognized as the perfect time to stop and have a bite to eat. In 11Zs, you play cards to create your spread, sandwiches, biscuits, cakes, and don't forget the tea. When 11 o'clock strikes, the player with the best spread wins. Can you serve the most scrumptious morning tea of all? And the mechanics are hand management. And the box art, BP... Uh, has a little, uh, little woman, not a little woman, a woman dressed in like a 1920s outfit with the kind of cloche cap and bobbed hair, uh, with a teacup and a plate in, uh, both hands and a clock it says 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got like a peachy outline and then uh, the vibe it gives me, like the way it's colored and stuff, it does look like a like a 19, early 19th century, mm-hmm. like how-to manual, but with like photograph to show you like, this is how your tea should look uh, type of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so based on the description and the box art, would you pick it up? I did. You did. Why did you pick it up? Uh, because the... 1920s is a fantastic era, a very curious to study, and who doesn't like a spot of tea in the morning? And I love tea, so I'm willing to play. Plus, uh, like the art style and the tea and then kind of the description uh, makes me think of some other games, mm-hmm. and I'm f- curious to see if it plays similar, gives that similar vibe to other games that we've played that I enjoy. So. Um, yeah, so how do you think it's played? Well, hand management, we've got a stack of cards, so I'm assuming we're going to have to put them into some scrumptious order uh, by the time we make it on a card that we can count to 11. Okay. Yeah, so we're collecting, oh, it doesn't say set collection. We're trying, though, to make sure we've got the best sandwiches, cakes. I don't know what the starting server. Oh, that's just starting player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a bunch of cards. We're going to want to make sure we have cards. I'm assuming we set them down at the end of the game. So the history of creating scrumptious spreads. The terrific history of Victorian afternoon tea. Okay, let's let's hear it. By the British Museum. Um, is accredited to the Seventh Duchess of Bedford, Anna Maria Russell, uh, sometime around 1840. Um, the evening meal uh, was be- 
beginning to become later and later uh, in Victorian industrial England, where as in rural farming communities, the day had an early start, finished when the sun up, sun down, wealthier classes um, who weren't hindered by those types of practicalities, uh, had dinner kind of close to 9 p.m. with lunch at midday. So you had a big gap in between lunch and dinner. And uh, so the Duchess of Bedford, who was one of Queen Victoria's ladies-in-waitings, started to call for tea around 5 p.m., that was served with uh, some bread and butter and cake. Uh, and so uh, she started having the afternoon ritual of tea being born. Um, and uh, it took off. Um it became a thing so much that uh, collecting accoutrements, if you will. Uh, The material culture of tea became a thing by the uh, late 1800s. So having your proper teacups, porcelain, uh, you know, sugar dishes, um, saucers, bowls, you name it. They came up with it. Um, They also had proper ways of doing the milk. So with the old school porcelain, uh, it was the ritual to pour the milk in first before the tea uh, because you needed the cool uh, fluid in there to cool down the tea once it hit the porcelain. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't shatter. Yeah. Um, Whereas now there is the big controversy. I think that's more on cereal. No, it's a big controversy in England, whether you milk first or milk after tea. Oh, I thought that was more of a cereal thing. Yeah, no. It's... The correct answer is cereal first, milk second. It's only cereal second if you're going for seconds or thirds. Okay, or f- what about tea? Uh, tea, everything's after. Hmm. Because you need the tea to steep first. Can't be steep in tea. Well, if you have the tea steeped in a teapot. Okay, that's fair. But tea has to steep first. So if you're right. steeping it in a teapot or steeping it in your mug, tea has to steep first. Right. And if you're steeping it in your mug, that means you have to do milk second. Okay. Um, you hear that, England? <laughs> <laughs> um. Victorian afternoon tea could also be considered a a feminist item as um, it was quite the fashion to uh, invite your female guests over for afternoon tea. And uh, because it was something that happened inside the home, ladies didn't have to wear all their uh, outward garments. So some of the corsets, they could go about uncorseted, for instance. The scandal. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, yeah, an intimate, rebellious, almost kind of act, freeing themselves. Speaking of tea and rebellions. Ah, ah, Boston Tea Party, chugging tea in the water. Oh, I thought you were going to go with the uh, Opium Wars. Uh, No, (laughs) how would I go with the Opium Wars? This is America. (laughs) I'm going with the Boston Tea Party. Okay. Which honestly, now that I look back on it, it seems like a really good waste of tea, but symbolically, I'm sure it meant a lot. Symbolically. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Tea great. in the afternoon. 
Excellent. Uh, so speaking of afternoon tea, we are trying to make the best arrangement of food and beverages for a morning tea. So not anything about an afternoon tea. Right. Uh, players score points based on the cards they've played before someone plays their 11Zs card. The winner of each round receives a sugar cube. The first of five cubes is the winner. The first player is the last to have finished a delicious cup of tea, which would be you. Uh, and the rule book does specifically say a delicious cup of tea. Oh, it was delicious. Um, uh, on a player's turn, you can perform one of two actions. You can play a morning tea card. So you can take a card from your hand and put it in a location in the tableau in front of the player that matches the card number. So numbers will go uh, two through five on the top row, six through nine on the bottom row. And then kind of in their own spots are going to be one, which will go in the top left to the left of that, those eight cards. Ten will go to the bottom right. And then eleven Zs will go to the top right of that tableau. When we start the game, we're going to have eight cards face down in front of us, and we will ha have a hand of three cards. So we won't know which eight cards are face down in front of us, but we will know what three cards are in our hand. So you're going to take one of those cards from your hand, and you're going to place it in whatever location it's supposed to go. So if it's the four card, you would place it in the four spot. You'll take the card that's face down, and you'll now put that into your hand. Uh, so we have the same exact cards. The only difference is, is our colored backs are matching. So I have green and you have blue. There's also red and yellow in the box. Uh, if the card you are attempting to play is already on your board, then you can't play it because there's a possibility you could get somebody else's card, but you can still play it to your tableau. Uh, the player must then carry out the special action on that card. So when you play the four card, you would pick up the face down card. You'd put the four in its spot and then whatever the fours special ability is, you would do that for. Generally speaking, the lower the number, the better the ability is for you. The higher the number, it's probably not as good for you, but you still want to play those cards because those higher numbers are going to be worth more points at the end of a round. Your second option is you can take an arrange action. So you can take a card from the player's hand and exchange it, keeping it face down with another face down card in your tableau. It does not need to match the position of the card. So if I want to exchange, I can take my four card from my hand, put it face down in the four spot, pick up that card and put it in my hand. Uh, or I could put that four card in the eight spot because I'm playing it face down uh, as part of my action. And you can do that twice. Okay, uh, this continues around the table until one player plays their 11Zs card at the 11 o'clock position. The round ends immediately. Each face-up card will have a number of teaspoons in the top right. And it actually shows us on our tableau card. So two through five uh, have uh, one teaspoon, six through nine have two teaspoons, and your 10 card has three teaspoons. The player with the most teaspoons is gonna get uh, two sugar cubes. Uh, and if we were playing in a three or four player game, second place would get a would get one sugar cube. If no player has five or more sugar cubes, then the table is reset and another round is played. The game is over at the end of a scoring round uh, when a player has five or more sugar cubes and has and has more than anyone else. If there are multiple players tied for five or more, then the rule book says to kiss each other on the cheek and share the victory. Or it also suggests you could continue playing until one player is clearly the winner. Yeah. Uh, so those are all the rules. Well, tea time.
we just finished a game of 11 Zs. To recap, BP had three T points and I won with five biscuit points or cookies if you're not in England. Um, my winning strategy was uh, trying to make sure I had the bottom row of cards because they were worth more. Um, and then in the first round that we played, because the number 10 card servants and number one T trial, you don't get any cards back. I feel like I played those too early. So I only had one card to work with. Mm -hmm. So in the second one, I tried to wait as long as I could before I played the 10 and the one so that I still had cards to play and work with arranging and stuff. Yeah, I was just trying to get the cards in the right spot. So I don't know that I had much strategy, which probably is par for course. Um, theme, did you feel like a 1920s socialite building a spread for morning tea? No, but the cards were cute. I felt like I was uh, trying to play a memory card game. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do not disagree. Because um, we weren't even using like, I feel like one of our things that we say like wasn't right, thematic terms. was we use the card names or whatever, but we were like, I'm doing four or you right. know I'm playing down my five. I even stopped reading the flavor text. Yeah, you read the flavor text for like the first three. And then after that, you were like, nope, not doing it anymore. Uh, table presence. I mean, I don't know that it's a head turner because it's just <laughs> cards, but the cards are pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's there's not a whole lot to it. So I'm not sure it would like draw my eye uh, if I was just walking I'm not sure it would draw my eye if I was just like walking around. It would just right. look like any other card game, I feel like. Uh, mechanics. Uh, I, I felt like the swapping was interesting and the, you know, I had to play to specific places. I was a little annoyed that the numbers started. I, like, <laughs> we did it the whole time. Like, yeah. I even said before we started the second round, I am not going to do it this time. And the very first card I played face up, I put the wrong spot. Right. Even though there's a reference card that tells you quite handily yeah. where to put <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I wish, like, you know, the T trolley had been zero and then mm -hmm. it just goes one through eight and nine. But then that makes it hard for 11 Zs. Right. So, it would have to thematically, be yeah, 10 Zs, which isn't a thing. It's 11 Zs. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like that part of sort of, you know, and there were ways to sort of mitigate that memory part. Like the sugar card let you look at any mm -hmm. of your face down cards so you can make adjustments that way. Uh, what did you think about the mechanics? Yeah, I think it just said hand management, but I think there was a memory piece to it as well, yep. which was an interesting puzzle. I remember at one point I did a bunch of swaps and completely forgot where everything was. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the sugar for both rounds and I would look at the cards and be like, okay, I'm good. And then like a minute later, like the memory span of a goldfish, I'd be like, right. I don't remember. Like, <laughs> where was my 11Z's card again? I need to find that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to play this here, this here, this here. And then I messed that up because I had the cards out of order and then I forgot where 11Z's were on. So barely my memory is garbage. Um, rules, how was it learning the game? I think it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, I don't think I... There was one question we had rule book wise, and it was just 
when you picked up the card and put it in your hand when you played a card down because that would dictate how many cards were in your hand right. when I went to draw. But the rule book spelled it like you swap out the cards, then you do the action. So uh, I think it was pretty clear and it, it, that was easy. So yeah, and the rule books rate right out nice. Um, it's super short, super small. And uh, I don't think we really had any other questions other than that. So yeah, it's, good. it's a small box. Uh, player action. I mean, there's some because you're passing cards back and forth. Yep. And I feel like we were paying attention to each other's boards because there were times when we had to pass cards where we were like, well, that idiot's played a seven already, so he's getting a seven. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, eventually, like, it's going to come back to you because the only thing I could do with that seven is an arrange. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, would you play it again? I would. It's light. It's pretty... It, I mean, to a certain extent, it kind of reminds me of like a Tussie Mussie. Uh, so at the very beginning, when I said this game gives me feelings of another game, I very specifically did not name it because I didn't want to put that thought in your head. <laughs> but Tussie Mussie is exactly the game that I thought about. Yeah. Like, I feel like thematically, like it's kind of got that vibe to it. You know, that's roses have a meaning like tea. All these elements are right. part of the tea. Like it, that's what it feels like. And then building out that tableau. Um, but they, mechanically speaking, they are very different games, but that theme and the card play kind of reminded me of those, the two together, even though I, yeah, they're not comparable. No, I mean, the art is not the soul, so. Sure. But the gameplay, I think specifically, so even though that's, that's the first game I thought of, they're very different. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, I'd never answered. I would, I was yeah, gonna I, say. Would, I would play it again. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Uh, super short, uh, super fast. I think it would be very interesting with more than two players. Yeah. Uh, because you have cards that swap to the right, cards that swap to the left. You could target other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that memory piece would get real confusing. Yep. Yeah. So I would like to play with more people, but it was still fun with two. Um, and so that was Elevensies. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, please send them our way. You can do it via email at firstturntabletop at gmail or hit us up on the formerly known as Twitter or First Turn Cast. The podcasting camel says as he is sipping his cup of tea, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Oh, I should have said that in a British accent. I mean, you still, it's still recording. You totally can. Oh, no. I feel like that's pretentious. No, it's too late now. You have to. The podcasting camel says as he's sipping his tea, please don't forget to... I can't! That's going at the end. <laughs>